Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Welcome to The Link. Thank you, sir. Who's glad to be in church? Come on, somebody. You're glad? You're happy that you're here? You're happy that you made it? You did it? You got somebody awesome sitting next to you? Now's the time. If you don't, move, cha- move chairs. Find another spot. If it's your husband, we understand. Just find another place, move to the other end or kick him out. So good to be with you. Um, I just want to take a moment. I know we are currently, we're, we're in the process of, of setting up uh, all the live stream stuff. I did a great job. I've actually done a lot of setup. Daniel did a lot of breaking. He did a lot of damage uh, this afternoon. But, but one of us actually did something, and it's just probably my IT background, which really helps. Um, but to all of those of you that are joining online, thank you for your patience. We love you, and we are trying to, to really sort it out and get it good so that you can love it from wherever you are. We know we've got a lot of people streaming in who are asking for us to go online, so uh, it's good to be with you. Amen. Can we just put our hands together for all those who are joining online? Say, what's up, what's up, what's up? Are you ready? Ooh. So we're starting a new series, From the Pit to the Palace. Amen. From the pit to the palace, I want to take you on a journey. I want to show you some stuff uh, which I think is going to help you. And the reason I want to do this series is uh, because I I believe this. I believe that there is a plan for every single one of us. There is a dream that God will give each person something for us to achieve. There's a reason we exist. Uh, We're not just here to take up space, although a lot of people do that, right? That's not the point. The point is actually to achieve something for God that we would partner with Him in His plan for salvation for the city, for the nation. Amen. And so uh, I really think that God's got a plan for your life. And it's something I think uh, my heart's desire really is this, that you would achieve it. Even if it doesn't make sense to me, that you would achieve what God has for you. Because there's something unique for you to do. And, I, and I'm going to start by saying this. Some of you know full well that there is a dream from God. He's given you a dream. You know that. You know it. Some of you, if you're like me, you're a little bit nervous about that. You should be, right? Others of you, you're in the room and you think, man, I hear about these dreams that people get and this vision that they've got. There, there's, there's something that they seem to have that I'm not sure I have. And, and so you might be thinking, maybe this doesn't apply to me. Um, I want to help you. I think God's got a dream for everyone. And I think that as you seek Him and as you seek His will for your life, you get the dream that He has for your future, right? So maybe you're here and you think, well, I need that dream. Like, I want that vision. I want that, pre- that picture of the preferred future. Can I ask you during the season, really to press in? Press in. Take time. Go home and read this whole piece of passage. Get into it. Understand it. Do some reading around it. Study. Pray. Say, God, I'm, I'm learning about a dream that you had for somebody, a dream that could be possible for me. Speak to me. I want that dream too. I want to know what it is that I'm here for. I want to know what the future is for me. And, and, and the honest truth is sometimes you're going to have to let go of what you think it is if you want to take hold of what he might have for you. Yeah? I'm going to share something around that. In a little bit, uh, in a little bit, just an area of my life, which is awkward. But um, I was going to pick on you, but I think I'll pick on me this evening. Amen. And so here's the thing: if if God's going to give you a dream, or He's given you a dream, you're going to face some challenges along the way, right? I wanted what I really hoped would be become a Christian, and everything became easy. And I think if they had told me early how tough it would have been, I would have told them early where to put it. 
right? And so everyone was like, Andrew, you're going to love this. And true story, I have loved it, almost all of it. But there have been some times which I have not loved it at all. There are moments where I just think, why? Why did I say yes, right? And so we're going to go through that. You're going to meet somebody uh, who's recorded in Scripture. And and I'm hoping that he would uh, really encourage you, that this time would encourage you, that you would seek the plan of God for your life. I don't want you just to exist. Now, for some of you, it's not full-time ministry. And believe it or not, you can still be a follower of Jesus and not a pastor. That's, it's actually really cool. It's a phenomenal thing. But you're actually able to be a follower of Christ. You're able to do that in your workplace. Most people don't really think about that. They think, yeah, but I go to work. So do I. But you're a pastor. Yes, I still go to work. And I still do things, right? And you've got, to be, you've got to be a Christian everywhere, not just in this room. Amen? So Joshua, we're going to learn about Joshua. We're going to see his dad. We're going to see Jacob. Or you're going to see him as Israel, some of you might know, right? But uh, Joshua's given a dream. He's given a dream at 17. He steps into it at 30. So he steps into that destiny properly at 30. But he doesn't fulfill it until he's in his 40s. And there's a lesson from the outset right there. If God's given you a dream, that doesn't mean tomorrow morning you're going to see the fulfillment of it. And I hate that too. But it's how it works. And the problem with the generation now is that we want everything yesterday. I don't mind that God's got a plan for me. I just want to see the fullness of it tomorrow morning. If you're going to speak to me, Lord, speak, but make sure that you do it by tomorrow. That's how we view God. And I think it's in that period, in that kind of space, is that's where we miss what God's doing in our lives. Amen? You ready for it? We're going to go Genesis 37. Now, there's going to be a whole lot of tests that we're going to go through, a whole lot over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to show you some of the things that he faced. I can't show it all to you. That's why I want you to go home and read it. Be responsible. Go and read it. Right? It's in a thing called a Bible. Uh, it's next to your bed or alongside your bed. It's got a coffee cup and a ring, like a coffee cup will stick to it a little. And it's got a lot of dust on it, right? Pull that bad boy out and let's get into it. Yes? Genesis 37. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. And he worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpha. Shame. You think you've got problems. You think you've got issues, but nobody named you that. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. He's 17. Like at 17, grow up. If you're older than 17, get a life. If all you've got is a bad report, get over yourself, right? If that's all you've ever got to bring is a bad report, you're acting like a baby, right? If you're older than 17, if it's in here that it was was not good, then at 17, it's no good. Right? Get a grip. We don't always have to have a bad report. You won't believe what Jenny just did. Man, shut up. Right? Leave Jenny out of this. Amen? You with me? Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph was born in his old age. Why does he love him? Because when he's old, he's still got it going on. Right? He's old. He's like, I'm old, but I got it going on. If you're in the room, your parents in the room, they still got it going on. Come on. And you never know. Maybe you get a brother, right? And you get to hate him just like they did. It's going to be awesome. So Jacob had a special gift for Joseph. It was made a beautiful robe. But Joseph hated, uh, but his brothers hated Joseph. Their father loved him more 
than the rest of them. He could not say a kind, they could not say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream. When, it's, when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. You can see how this is kind of starting to work in, right? The hatred, right? Nothing worse than, than one sibling being more loved than the rest of the siblings. And I want, Warren, if you're watching... I'm going to send him this text. He was loved more than all of us, even though Russell is our half-brother. Listen to this dream, he said. Nothing like telling a dream to people who hate you. You will not believe what God showed me. We were, in, we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, the bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed before mine. Older half-brothers who hate you, I can just tell them sitting back going, oh, see, here we go. Here we go. And his brothers responded, so you think you're going to be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because, they, uh, because of his dream and the way he talked about them. Yeah, we're going to get into this. Soon Joseph had another dream. Awesome. And again, he told his brothers, I can just imagine them just gathering around. Hang on. You had another dream. That's awesome. Hang on. Mate, pass us a beer there quick. I just want to, you're going to, I just make some coffee for the rest of us. I just want to sit back. I'm really excited to hear what this punk is about to share. Right? In a moment, I'm going to punch his lights out. He told them the dream, but his father scolded them. What kind of dream is this? He asked. Will your, will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow to the ground before you? You can just see, this is just going down a treat. While his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. Soon after Joseph's brothers went out to pasture their father's flocks in Shechem, when they'd been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are out pasturing the sheep in Shechem. Get ready. I'm going to send you to them. And he said, I'm ready to go. Let's roll. I'm ready. If I'm him, I'm thinking, I don't want to be left alone with them. Not after this morning. Right? They, they're not happy. Go and see how your brothers are, and the flocks are getting along. Jacob said, then come back and bring me a report. Why? Here's an opportunity. You have another opportunity to go and another opportunity to bring back something positive. That's important. It's going to make sense later. Where are we? 15. When he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around in the countryside. What are you looking for? He asked. So he hasn't even gone there. He's wandering around. I'm looking for my brothers. Joseph replied, do you know where they're pastoring the sheep? He said, yes, the man told him. They've moved from here, but I heard them say they're going to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. And when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, of course, they recognized him from a distance because he was wearing that real ugly coat. And they, as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Yeah, here comes the dreamer. Come on, let's kill him. Throw him into these cisterns, which are pits. And we can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into these empty cisterns or pits here in the wilderness, and he'll die without laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off his beautiful robe that he was wearing. They grabbed him, threw him into the cistern or the pit, 
and now that, uh, because it was empty and there was no water in it. It's a story of a loving family, people who get along really well. As some people have said, from this moment forward, the pit is, is where it all begins for him, right? You get this dream, but your training must begin. And, and they, they've always referenced the pit and said, he's a prophet in training. Amen. Maybe you've heard that. That's what the pit represents, a prophet in training. And this evening, for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the first lesson he had to learn. It's, it's the lesson of pride. You know that thing Satan had that caused some issues? Pride. It's a thing that he had after he received the dream, and it's the, the thing that many of you struggle with too. You get a glimpse of what the future could be, of what God's got for you, and immediately you start rising up as though somehow you're all that. You think that people spoke to you, you think that God spoke to you because you're awesome, and along the way you've forgotten that God spoke to you because His people are awesome. You thought it was a plan for you, but it was a plan for someone other than you. And that's why church becomes all toxic. Because we think that we come here and this is about us. No, we come here and this is about everything and everyone other than us. And if you're here and you think that it's all about you, pride is an issue. And if you're in the room and you think, I don't suffer from pride, probably pride is your issue. You with me? You get to be part of, of God's plan. You get to be part of it. And I think along the way we forget that. And nobody teaches us this. And so um, I, I'll never forget the night I, I, was, I was... It wasn't a night thing. I'd been in the lead up for, for weeks or months maybe. I'd been praying. Um, my pastor at the time had been saying, God's got a plan for you. You seek God and he'll answer. And so I knew there was a plan and I, I started to seek God and God gave me no answer. Nothing. No answer. And I just, I was, at that time in my life, I, I was kind of at a crossroads. It's like, I'm an all-in person. I don't, I don't play games. I'm either there or I'm not, right? I'm either for you or I'm against you. I'm not, I don't play this 50-50 thing. I'm not interested in that. I'm either, I'm either doing this thing or I'm not doing this thing, right? That's why I'm not skydiving, right? Shame on you. I saw it. I saw it. I'm not even looking at you. Shame on you, right? I can't do it. If I'm going to skydive, I want to buy the place that uh, puts people up in that airplane. I'll buy the airplane and then I'll jump out. I want to own the airplane, the parachute, and the company. I'm not interested in just going and doing something for, for no point. And so because I'm all in, I wanted what God had for me. I want to know what is it that God has for me. And so I started to pray and pray and pray. And God was so busy. He was busy with everyone else's prayers. And, and so I remember one night, a Saturday night, I was praying, and um, it, was, it was the most incredible thing. I remember, I remember that night specifically, I prayed, I prayed a little different, and I just said, God, please. Like, I know you know, so stop holding back. And I made an agreement with God. I said, if you tell me what it is you want me to do, you have my word. I will do that all the days of my life. And, and, and the Lord worked in what I think is a loophole. He knew what I meant. He knew. What I meant was if you would show me how to make money, I'll do that all the days of my life. But I never said it. And I woke up, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I just knew God had spoken to me. I sat straight up, and I felt the Lord say, I want you to teach, I want you to preach. And I, I was in absolute tears. 
I, I hated every moment of that. I couldn't believe that he tripped me up like this. He knew what I meant. He knew, but he still tripped me up. But because I, I made that commitment, I decided I have to finish what I started here. I'm not happy about it, but I'm doing it. And so I did, um, I, I did, I just took a few, I just took a little time off to process that, a few months, I think. And because there's something about admitting it, right? The minute you admit it, you're accountable to it. If, you're, if you can hold back for long enough, it's, good, it's a good idea. If God's given you a dream, don't come tell me. Because if you tell me, I'm going to hold you to it. If you say, God wants me to change the world, man, I'm going to kick you right out that door. You're going to go change the world. It's going to be awesome. Right? I'm not holding back. And so I remember, I remember one day during the service, I don't remember what he was preaching. I actually don't remember most of what he was preaching, uh, a bit like you guys. And so I was sitting there, and I decided after the service, I've got this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow a set, and I'm going to go speak to my pastor. I'm going to tell him. And I don't know what I was hoping for, but I went after the service. I said, Pastor, I'll never forget. He, we were in a school hall. He was walking. We had a place where we used to pray up, upstairs. You remember that level, up the, up the top. And, and he was walking towards the door. And I, I wanted to keep up and catch up, but I was also a bit scared, so I was, I was like surging fast. And then when I got too close, and I'm a little bit faster, and then I got close to him, and I said, Pastor, and he turned around, and I said, um, I, I need to talk to you about something. He said, what's up? I said, I, I, um, and I in my mind, I'd, I'd, I'd gone through this a number of times, how it was going to come out. It didn't really come out how I was thinking. And I just said to him, I, I feel like um, the Lord would have me, um, you know, and let's go, bro. And, and I said, I think the Lord would have me to teach and preach. And, and I, I remember him looking at me without even missing a beat. And he said, we'll see. And walked off. And I, I, I wasn't expecting anything. I don't know what I was expecting. Until he said that. Until he said that, then something changed. Now hold up, though. I mean, do you know who you're talking to? I've been called by God. He spoke to me. Did you, you're not understanding the magnitude. Do you have, is, are you not spiritual at all? Do you not understand the magnitude of what is going on? He spoke to me. I was sleeping and he woke me up and he told me what he wants me to do. He asked me to do this thing. I'm not asking for a microphone, but you better start acknowledging that he spoke to me. And before you know it, I had done everything right in the way that I had approached him, done everything right with laying it before him, but suddenly pride kicked in. Before you know it, that dream, which is amazing, kicks in and it starts to make you think that you're something that you're really not. If he had given me a microphone that day, there'd be not a person left in church, ever. Nothing good would have come out of my mouth. Nothing good was coming out of me anyway. Nothing great was happening as a result of me. I did nothing in the church. I made no effort. I wasn't building in any way, shape, or form. So him saying, we'll see, means I will see if there's any fruit that comes out of the stuff that's coming out of your mouth. Let's see whether your life lines up with what's coming out of your mouth. Let's see whether you're prepared to go and pay the price that is required to do this job. But no, I thought I was something special. And before you know it, the something that he's given you turns into something toxic because of pride. Because of pride. Because you think it's about you. And I look at this kid and I'm like, you're an idiot. I tell your half-brothers that way. Seriously, bro? Walking around in his, with his swag, check my cool jacket dog. Sup, what's up? How you doing? 
you well on a dream from God. Just so you know. Huh? You're looking after sheep, are you? I do it sometimes, yeah. But for the most part, I'm just kind of, I'm just a favorite, hang back and, you know, yeah. But it's probably because God's given me a dream, because I'm awesome. And uh, I know that you've, I mean, you don't have to like me. I don't expect you to like me, as long as you recognize God gave me a dream. And in that dream, you're going to bow down to me, all of you. Hmm? You can gather your whole weak thing, and mine will rise. I will rise, and you will bow. You will bow down. I think if Warren, if my youngest brother shared that with me, he would bow and keep moving. <laughs> I'd have ended him right there, right? God saves you. Now you think you're better than others. You get to lead a team. Now you're more important than the people that are serving alongside you. He gives you a word. I love this. He gives you a word for someone, and you think you're all that. You feel like you have to announce it. The Lord gave me a word because I'm a prophet. And, and honestly, inside me, I'm just like, wow, I've never cared less in my life ever. Now I don't even want to hear it. Because if it, was, it wasn't about God's word, was it? It was about how awesome I am. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm, I'm a pastor. Nice to meet you. It's just gross. He allows you to start a business. You think that you somehow have achieved more than anyone who goes to work. He gives you a ministry. Now you think that you're the authority in that ministry. I've seen that a few times. God calls somebody now suddenly. They're the only one he ever called ever. And somehow they know more than everyone ever. And they announce it that way. They announce it that way. If that's you, dial it back. Pull your neck in. Amen? He gives you money. You lord it over people. He gives you a dream and suddenly you think that you are better, that you are more favored than anyone else. And it's not true. And we all suffer from it in, 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 like in some degree. But it's not okay. And it's a really bad trait. And it's an embarrassing thing. It is. You don't see it because you're doing it sometimes. But people looking in and just go, oh, no. It's just, it's not, it's not nice. It's not nice to be around. It's not nice to interact with. People don't receive it. They reject it hard. Amen? Are you with me? You're just hating on him. You're just like, this is gross. So he, tells us, he says to him, I'm going to send you out to go see your brothers. Now, bearing in mind, he already knows the dream, and he already knows how much they hate him. They had nothing good to say ever about him. And the truth of the matter is he has nothing good to say about his brothers either. Every time he comes back, he's whinging and whining and just telling stories. You won't believe what they did. They're supposed to be looking after the sheep? No, playing on the iPads. Yep, straight up. I saw them. Supposed to be watching? Not watching at all, just playing on the iPads. Yeah, you, if you're that kind of person, if, if, ever, if that's all you're ever going to do, if that comes out of you, you need to watch that. You need to watch that. And so he sends them to his brothers. Go find your brothers. Go see what they're doing. Do you think the brothers don't know what they're doing? They do it all the time. He does it sometimes. But now suddenly because he's got a dream from God, he thinks he's all that. And I want you to know that the reason he had an opportunity to go to his brothers was to build relationship. I'm sending you to your brothers so that you can rebuild, that you can help, that you can serve, that you can be there. 
It doesn't matter about the dream unless it matters about the people. I've always said, if you want the pulpit, you want a problem. It's about the people. The pulpit comes with a problem. It comes with lots of problems. It comes, it's just a hassle. This area is a nightmare at times. It is way better when you get to just interact with people and minister to people and help them and serve them and be on teams and love. It is way, 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 way easier at times. And I'm not saying that one is better or worse. I'm just saying that there is a lot of this dream from God equals pulpit. And that's not true. The reason you think that's true is because some idiot pastor up here made you feel like that's true and he's wrong. And he's wrong, and you can give him my number, I'll tell him as well. It's wrong, it's incorrect. This is not how it ends. It ends with the people, it ends with us reaching everybody outside of this room. And it doesn't matter who you are, or the dream you've got, or the thing that God wants to use you for, it is about the people out there, not about you, and it's not about me. And I'm supposed to come here and encourage us, and get us to get going, and equip us so that we can get out there and do some work. And you've got to watch out about, you've got to watch in your life that pride doesn't set in. If you want to achieve what God's got for you, pride is one of the things you will face. You will. Amen? Get out there and care for people. Stop talking rubbish about people. If you've got nothing good to say, shut up. It's the best thing. My mother told me, if you come and you whine and you tell me what your brother is doing wrong, I promise you, you're going to feel it somewhere around here. Even if you're right, you're going to feel it somewhere there. Why? I don't need that. It is a destructive trait in the family. You do that, you destroy family. You destroy the future. You destroy relationships. If you can't talk in a positive way, about somebody, here's the truth. You already suffer from pride because you somehow think you're better than them. That's horrible. I hated writing that down just so that we're clear here. I hate that because I've done it. But before the fall comes pride. Before you ever in that pit, pride kicked in. Maybe you're in this place, you think, man, I am, maybe you're in that pit. You feel like, I am not where I should be. I am just, I just feel stuck. I feel like I've landed myself in hot water here. Maybe, just maybe, backtrack out a little and, re- and, re- and, and have a look and see, did I, is pride got anything to do with where I am right now? You with me? Luckily, the nice part about this is the story does go on, like the account in the Bible does continue. And he actually will get out, right? Like, don't go home and cry about it tonight. Like, he's, we've lost him forever. He's gone. He's gone. Him and that stupid coat, they're gone forever. No, it's going to be okay. Because it's just getting started. And for you, maybe your plan, maybe the plan God's got for you is just getting started. Maybe your journey is just about to begin. And maybe you have to wrestle through some of these awkward things, these uncomfortable things the things that make you feel like you've got it together, maybe you're going to have to lay some of that down. And on the other side of it is a destiny you couldn't even hope to believe was possible. Amen. We often think that that the pit is the end of us, but it's not. It's the beginning of the journey. If God's given you a dream, I promise you, don't think you're going to bypass this. You will not. 
I've never met anyone, never anyone honest who's, who's come out and said, man, I struggled from the word go. I, as soon as I took that team, I suffered. As soon as I took that promotion at work, I struggled. As soon as I, I, I did that for somebody, I just immediately felt like I was better or in some way. Or, we all struggle with it. Don't, don't sit there and think like, man, it is literally only me. And don't sit there and go, definitely everyone other than me. Right? Both are hazardous. Every one of us struggles. Amen? And so in your world, in your world, in your world currently, you have an opportunity to help someone that they may have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. You have that opportunity. And the reason God gives you this dream or this passion or this vision is to help them. And you have an opportunity. And what I want to stir you up, to, up with is, is don't hold back and wait until you reach the palace. Work through some of these issues along the way so that you can make, you can make, take up ground. You can actually have some wins. You can get over yourself, realize it's not about you. You can start to serve people and care for people, whether it's at work or your family, whether it's in church. You need to get over some of these things so you can, you can get to where God is taking you. Amen? Don't show off. Don't talk yourself up. Don't think you're all that. Don't boast. Don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. Humble yourself. Take time. Relax. Learn. Grow. Get involved. Get around people who can help you. Spend time with people who pour into you. Don't spend time with people who fuel that pride. You think you've got problems. Wait until you see what I'm going through. Ugh, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm warning you. That's where everybody comes short. And I want to I encourage you that the plan that God has for you will be significant. You feel like, but I'm scared. Me too. I'm still scared. I'm very scared. If you knew how scared, you'd laugh at me. I'm very scared at times. But it's huge what he's got. And it's about humbling ourselves. It's about taking that dream and dealing with it the right way. Saying, God, I, Wow. I mean, how am I supposed to, what? What? How, what do you mean they're going to bow down to me? Hang on, hold up. I should be here helping them, serving them. I'm their youngest brother. How's that even going to be possible? But no, it's just so you know. I'm the boss. And it's not, it's not the way it should be. Amen? Now check this out before we call it a night. I was always told like there's, there's great like golden cords. I know them as like a golden cord in the Bible. There's always something in the Bible that will show you what, what God was always doing, what Jesus is doing, right? It's Old Testament we're, we're looking at, but there's something that Jesus wanted to show you. Now, you remember verse uh, 20, 21, it says this, but when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's throw him into the empty cistern. Here in the wilderness, and he'll die without laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to the Father. In the same way, Jesus always intended to get you out of that mess and return you to the Father. He's the firstborn. Reuben's firstborn. I don't care what anyone tells you, I don't care how deep the pit is, I don't care how low you feel. I'm telling you now that Jesus has a plan and his number one goal 
is to get you out of that situation and get you back to the Father. And we're going to see it all the way through. You're going to see it to the end. But there is something really powerful that happens when you realize God has a plan for my life. And I'm going to face some challenges along the way, some tests, if you will. And it may not be comfortable, and I don't even think I like the idea of it. But on the other side of me being obedient and humbling myself is something really powerful that he's got in mind for you. And he goes all the way to the palace. And you think, but I don't know if that's, my, I don't know if that's what I'm called to. This is not about... What, it's not about trying to emulate his life. It's about trying to navigate your own. And if you get through some of these tests, on the other side, it's going to be something powerful. Amen? Recover, to reconcile, to rescue. That was always God's plan. That was always the plan. And it should be ours too. This week, when you get to work or, or uni or wherever it is, you have an opportunity to impact somebody's life. Not because we're better, but because we have something they don't have. We need to get to the place where that starts to matter. God, he's not interested in your comfort zone. Otherwise, there'd be a pillow in the pit. He didn't care. But there's no water in there. I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be thirsty. It's going to be uncomfortable, yes. I don't like it. Welcome to the club. You're going to face these challenges whether you're a Christian or not. But at least as a Christian, you have answers. Amen? John 14, 6 says this. Jesus told them, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father. That's what Reuben was doing. He knew that he was the way to get him out and get him back to the Father. It's very powerful. Amen? Come on, bow your heads. I want to pray for you quickly. From the pit to the palace. I never feel like we've lost something when we stumble with things like pride. I never feel like we've lost. I don't, I don't feel that. I feel like we get another opportunity to write that test. And we're going to face this over and over and over again. And the cure for pride is reminding yourself that it was never about you. It was always about others. The money you've got, it's not about you. It's about the opportunity you have to bless somebody. The friends you've got, it's not there so that your Instagram looks cool. It's an opportunity to lead people to influence people. Your ministry. It's not so that you can have some big platform or do something. You know, if you wanted you to have a TV ministry, it'd be a cameraman who follows you. It's about you have an opportunity to minister to people, to bless them, to help them, to be there for them, to care for them. Your job it's not so that you can pay your mortgage. You have an opportunity. Connect with people. Show them another way. 
show them that it's, it's possible to work without using that kind of language. It's possible to, to be generous. Work with them. I love it. It was never, ever, ever, ever about how awesome we are. It was about the most incredible plan he has for the city. A plan of salvation. And he wants to draw people to himself. And in this room, maybe you've never given your life to the Lord. You're thinking, I don't know what's going on. But this night is about you. Maybe you've drifted along the way. You were close to him, but you've drifted. Tonight's about you. Maybe you're so low and you're so depressed and you're struggling so much. Maybe mental health, you're just, your mind is full and you are pressing in and it is just, there's a lot going on. I want you to know that God can heal you in an instant. And when he does, it's not only for you. It's for the benefit of all those you know who are struggling with the very same things. The testimony that God has done it for me, he can do it for you. God blessed me, he can do it for you. Someone prayed for me, I'm going to pray for you. Somebody gave me a hug when I was feeling down. Man, come here, I know you're feeling down. Let me give you a hug. So always being hyped up to be something it's not. This is about people. If you have given your life to the Lord and you're in this room, can I encourage you, get back on mission. Get back on mission. Get back to what you should be doing. Get back to serving people. Get back to caring for people. Get back to loving people. Get back to being there for people. Get back to it. That's where you're going to find your passion and your fire. You're going to start to realize how incredible people are. You're going to catch something that you never dreamed was possible. That vision, that plan is going to make sense to you. When you understand the heart of God, then everything starts to open up. When you realize that God did not save you for any other reason than the fact that He is now able to work through you for the benefit of others, everything starts to make sense again. When you realize that he's not healing you because you have a sore ankle, he's healing you because of his grace and he wants the testimony of God to be my ankle once was but now is because of him. He wants you to carry the power and the presence of God everywhere you go. Not because you walk into a room and everyone goes, but because you walk into a room and they say that person knows Jesus, there's something different about that person. We have to get back to what mattered most. Don't let pride set in. The devil had pride. He thought it was all about him. Man, I can be just like him. I can do it just the same, maybe even better. And what happened? He got power slapped and went right out. That's what happens. You go down with pride. You never grow with pride. And I believe God's got something powerful for you. You're in this place. You have never given your life to the Lord, ever. Never genuinely. Or you've drifted along the way. I'd love to pray with you. Your heart's beating. Come on, it's now. I'm not going to call anyone forward, but I am going to ask you to respond while every head is down.
No one looking around. Every eye closed. That's you. You say, come on. That's me. I need to turn my life around. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, include me in this prayer. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. You can put it straight back down. I see it up there. You've drifted. You know where you were. Time to come back. Maybe pride kicked in along the way. You say, come on, include me in that. I just somehow, somehow I messed up and thought this was all about me. It's time to let go of that. And it's time to take hold of the future God has for you. And I want to encourage you. People will not always love it. They're not going to agree and they're not going to understand. And it's okay. It's not required that they agree or understand. It's required that you do what is required to achieve what God's called you to achieve. If somebody doesn't get it, they don't get it. If they don't understand, that's their problem. But it's time for us to go to another level. Amen? It's time for you to respond to God. That call that is on your life, you know it and you've been neglecting it. Time to respond. So Father, I pray for every person in the room. Those that know what the dream is, I pray now, even if they're at home, I pray now. They know that they know that they know what that dream is. You know. You know what God called you to. I pray that this evening they would respond. For those that are desperately seeking you, Lord. They so want to know what is it. I pray that as they seek you with all their heart, I pray that you would open up their mind and show them. Maybe through a word. Maybe through a piece of scripture. Maybe a sermon. Maybe a word of prayer. Maybe as you did for me, just as they sleep, Lord, smash them with it. Let it be with such joy that they receive what it is you have for them. I pray for a supernatural blessing over every person in this room. Those that are giving their life to you now, your heart's beating, you're feeling like, man, I am ready to go for God. If that's you, I want you to know that immediately the enemy is going to come try to steal this from you. But God is able to finish what he starts. And today you have a fresh start and a new beginning. And you don't have to take all the past and the pain with you. You get to leave it in this room and you get to walk out a new creation. You get to walk in the favor of God and the blessing of God and the future that he has for you. You're going to learn and discover. And I, I really want to encourage you, if that's you, please sign up for what's next so that I can help you understand what happens when you make this decision. It's one of the most important things you'll ever do with your life. So we need to understand it fully. We need to understand. And I want to help you get there because I can't do it all in a day. Maybe you've drifted. Time to come back. Time to pull the handbrake up and come back. It's in. It's all in. It's all in. It's going to cost you everything, but it's going to be worth so much more at the end. There's no half-hearted in the kingdom of God. There's no one foot in, one foot out. There's no second guessing. It's, it's in. Especially of those of you that believe there's a call in your life. Let's go. Let's go. I'm here to help you, but let's go. 
It's all in. It's all in. We have to do this together. We can't just go half-hearted. There's no rostering. There's none of that. It doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. Like you're in or you're out. I'm in every once a month, though, Lord. Solid, though. Like I'll be there committed for once a month. God's not interested in your once a month. You're in or you're out. You don't see Jesus say, like, I'm almost going to just help you with everything. Like, I'll walk with you almost, like, if, as long as it's not too difficult. I'm going to turn up in that service. Like, every second week, Jesus will be here. No, you don't see that. There's a 100% there's commitment. Time for us to have that, that same attitude when it comes to God. Amen? Father, I pray that you would bless every person, that when we leave here, as we rise from our chairs, God, I pray that we would be able to leave that pride behind and say, right, now that I know what it is, I'm going for the solution and I'm going to go for people. I'm going to go make a difference with what you've given me. I'm going to impact the world in a positive way with what you've given me. I'm not coming back in the same way. I'm learning from this guy's mistakes. And I pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.